This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I am Heather Carroll. I am your host this morning, broadcasting today from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining me. We've had a wonderful morning so far, and we're just going to keep on rolling with that good trend because we've got Deacon Jim Borman in the hot seat. Good morning, Deacon. Good morning. It's it kind feel, of fun having like you. The hot seat. I know it's fun having you over there because you're my deacon at my parish, and so he's usually bossing me around. But this <laughs> morning, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> so tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, deacon. Uh, well, I've been uh, ordained now for uh, uh, almost 23 years, um, and I've been in a variety of different ministries, and I really enjoy the one I'm working at right now, which uh, I focus mostly in adult education. Uh-huh. Uh, and formation, spirituality, which I, I really uh, uh, emphasize in all my dealings with my parishioners. Yeah. So, um, were you born and raised in Sioux Falls, or where? No, I was. I was born and raised in Iowa City. Okay. Uh, Catholic mother, uh, non-churched father, mm-hmm. um, and of course we went to mass every Sunday and quite often during the week. I was an altar boy for a while. This is back before Vatican II. And I still remember a lot of the Latin that I used to yeah. use back up in the altar. Sure. But uh, when I graduated high school, I uh, left the, left home, uh, joined the Navy, left the church, and I was gone for 25 years. Oh, wow. And uh, when I came back, um, it was kind of a, a weird experience. It was actually done uh, through a company called Amway. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to earn some extra money, and it wasn't working well. Yeah. So... Uh, one uh, conference we had in Sioux Falls, I just asked some of the seniors, look, um, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me out? Mm-hmm. So about 30 of them got together and put me in a chair in the middle of this auditorium, <laughs> and everybody laid hands on me everywhere, really? which was an experience in itself. Never had that happen before. Yeah. And they started praying over me. And before they were finished, I was just vibrating in that chair. And just, were they like all Catholics or all denominations? No, there were no Catholics. There okay, was uh, okay. uh, Amway is kind of a well, the the organization is a kind of a, a kind of a Calvinist kind okay. of an organization. They have their own church, and they invite everybody to join their church and so forth. Hmm. So uh, I left there and and drove home. And by the time I got home, I had decided to rejoin the church. Really? Uh, not theirs. <laughs> uh, in fact, uh, I, I quit Amway after that. Okay. But uh, I got back into the Catholic Church, and uh, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't understand it before. That's why I left. Yeah. So I, I decided that this time, if I was going to do it, I was going to do it right. And uh, I went out and bought a history book on the church and another one on the Bible and devoured it. Yeah, uh, but this was back in 1993, and we didn't have Catholic gift stores like the mustard <laughs> seed and so forth. Way back then, uh, we did have a convent behind the cathedral. Uh, it's it's now a parking lot, mm-hmm. uh, and down in the basement they had a small gift shop. So I, I was a frequent visitor at that gift shop and bought mm-hmm. about everything they had, uh, and I just read and read and read. And I ended up going to Koinonia, had an explosive conversion experience on Koinonia. Mm -hmm. And that led me to desiring more and more. So I went to Deacon Ralph Counter uh, over at uh, uh, St. Lambert's, which is my parish at the time. 
And he said, well, the diocese has a two-year catechist program. Do that one. You'll learn everything you need to know. <laughs> so I went up to the diocese, and they said, oh, no, that, we canceled that. It's not going to happen anymore. So I went back to Ralph Connor and says, any more bright ideas? And he said, well, there's the diaconate program. You can join the diaconate program, go through the whole thing, but never commit to being a deacon. Okay, sure. It's, huh. Right. <laughs> but I went back up the diocese and said, oh, no, we're not doing that anymore either. Hmm. So this was back in like 93, 94. Um, and that didn't start up, I think, until late 95. Uh, so when it did, I applied for that. Uh, I was accepted and went through a whole bunch of testing and so forth and, and then uh, went through the program. Uh, it was a new program under uh, Bishop Robert Carlson and it was uh, uh, basically as a Master of Arts in Pastoral Ministry through Mount Marty. Okay. And it was a two-year two program. It was the very first one <clears throat> that was done between Mount Marty and the diocese. Hmm. Nobody knew what was going on. <laughs> so there was a lot of trial and error in the program. Yeah. And we ended up going, I went through uh, with Deacon Leon Canton and Deacon Pete Melhoff together. I think we started out with 24 students and ended up with eight. Wow. Uh, it, was, it was a pretty tough regimen because there were no breaks. We went a solid two years back to back, uh, six semesters with no breaks. In fact, we would already have our books our reading assignments and our lessons in hand before we finished the previous semester. Wow. So it was just constant studying. So looking back, looking back at that moment when you said, I don't know what I'm doing to the group of Amway folk, mm -hmm. what was going on spiritually with you at that time? Nothing, uh, to my knowledge, anyway. Um, you know, looking back, I can see a lot of things going on. But at that moment, I was uh, I was out of the church. I wasn't frequenting anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, because I got into this organization, and they were so uh, so intense in their own church, I started looking around a little bit, and I ended up going to a church downtown that was uh, more of a Mississippi revival kind of a church. Mm -hmm. Scared the bedickens out of me. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I walked in. It was a little building downtown, and I, I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, this lady next to me jumped up and screamed and yelled and threw her arms in the air and waved, <laughs> and then she almost passed out in my lap. And I'm thinking, this is not for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to come back here ever again. Uh, so it, it was an interesting situation. Well, I just think it's interesting that at that moment, you didn't really have anything going on, but you felt a pull to say something about it. Well, I was asking for advice on how to do business. I, ah. I didn't expect to be oh. prayed over. Sure, sure. So I was just, okay. I just went up to one of the leaders and I said, you know, I could really use a little advice. And he said, you certainly can. <laughs> and he went like this and gathered everybody around and they set me down in this chair and it just laid hands on me and started praying over wow. me. So it was it was pretty interesting, really. That is interesting. Yeah. It so was then, intense. So then you're you're on this now that's propelled you onto this search and you're now in the diaconate program, but you don't really want to become a deacon yet, do you? Have you decided at this point? Uh, no, but as soon as, as Deacon Ralph Counter mentioned the diaconate program. Yeah. Uh, it was just like it was intended. 
Really? Right? Because not a single day passed that the diaconate wasn't in the forefront of my thought. Really? And I, I, I went out and bought a computer for my, for my very first computer, learned how to get on the Internet, which was kind of staggering at my age at the time. And I started researching everything I could find about deacons. Yeah. And it just became almost an obsession. Huh. So it's uh, the uh, the they're praying over me kind of opened the door and the Holy Spirit jumped in with both feet clear up no. to his hips. Kidding. <laughs> and that's uh yeah, that he it's came amazing. back he came back to me or pulled me back with a vengeance. Yeah. So at this point in your life were you had you been married? Had you have kids? Where are you um, at? I was married. I had three daughters. Uh, it was kind of interesting. I, I, I was under a lot of stress at the time, financial stress, and and there were some marriage problems going on at the time. Uh, nothing too severe, but I was gone all the time. I was in medical field imaging, and uh, I was doing all the servicing and installing of CT scanners, MRI, and things like that. So I was gone a lot, yeah. way too much. Right. And I had a lot of many, many years in the military. So it was a lot of stress on the family relationships, and there were there was a lot of fighting and arguing and so forth. But when I got into this program, and after the Koinonia at, at St. Lambert's, and I got back into praying and everything else, I, I completely changed. Mm. Uh, I didn't want to argue anymore. I didn't have any more fights left in me, and I I, be, I adopted a very peaceful atmosphere. Uh, it was it was kind of funny because my daughters would kind of sit on the couch or on a chair across the room from me and just stare at me. <laughs> I don't know what they were expecting, blow up or something, but they would just kind Who of stare at me. Who are you and what you do with yeah. our dad? <laughs> yeah. Who are you and what would you do with my dad? And uh, if, if an argument started, I would simply get up and walk out. Hmm. Uh, so it, it, the whole house became very, very peaceful and, and almost quiet. And it took about three months for my daughters to really understand that this is the way it's going to be from now on. And they started getting into it, and they became much more peaceful people themselves. Mm, beautiful. So as you're starting in the diaconate pro- process, where was your marriage at that point? Uh, you know, it was it was troubled, but not very troubled. Okay. Um, the uh, I am divorced. Right. But all that happened after uh, after I was ordained. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's uh, it was kind of a, a stigma being a deacon and being divorced. Yeah. And uh, I was constantly uh, uh, conversing with Bishop Robert Carlson over that. Yeah. So he was kind of leading me through uh, the process. And when he realized that it just wasn't going to be healed. Sure. That um, he started advising me some other ways as well. Interesting. He was a, he was a great support for me. Interesting. Well, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Deacon Jim Borman. I am picking out all of his past history, and he's sharing with us his journey to the diaconate. It's quite an explosive journey. Um, that was just like a light bulb switched on and off you go. So it's been really interesting, but we're going to keep going with this discussion with Deacon and how what his life looks like today. So folks, stay with us. We have more Real Presence Live coming up right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. And uh, I remember when uh, they came around looking for 
donations at the churches when they were trying to get it started. And it really hit me when, I don't even remember who it was, came around, but it was just like, I think that I need this. Because I wanted to be, be fed. Uh, I wasn't taking time to read my Bible or any of that, but I just knew it was like, well, if I could listen to stuff on the radio like he talked about. And so it, it was everything that it said and more, you yeah. know, in all reality. So. It doesn't take a lot of effort. To turn it on. It does not take a lot of effort. You know, sometimes, really, it, I'm going to back up on that and say it, it, it almost does. Because if you want to be drawn in and contemplate what is all being said on the radio, there's a lot of stuff that gets kind of deep. It's like, well, it makes you contemplate. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, okay, am I, am I ready to, to take this food in and digest it and all that, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the spiritual food. So, yeah, it's it's been, it's been really good for me from, from my faith walk. It, this is Mr. Morris, a fifth grade teacher here at St. Philip's Catholic School in Bemidji, Minnesota. Please pray with us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy. Hail our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To you we cry, the children of Eve. To you we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this land of exile. Turn then, most gracious advocate, your eyes of mercy towards us. Lead us home at last and show us the blessed fruit of your womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back. I am Heather Caro. I am your host this morning, broadcasting from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We're chatting with Deacon Jim Borman. He's actually my deacon at my parish, so it's exciting to get to know him a little bit better and some of the backstory that I can't just, you know, as I'm leaving church, ask you about. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it live on radio. How about that? <laughs> Sounds good to me. So we've kind of journeyed through. You're to the point in your life where uh, you, you want more education in the faith, and so uh, someone encouraged you to just join the diaconate classes. They're very rigorous, very involved, but you sound like you're the type of person who likes to learn anyway. I do. Uh, I'm, I'm very centered on, uh, I guess, uh, collecting information. Yeah. I love learning. Yeah. love reading. So, so you're in the middle of it, um, and it's quite rigorous. Where's your mind at? In the middle uh, of all this, my mind has actually got a lot of doubt. I mean, I'm going through the program and I'm learning everything, and, I, and I'm, I'm anxious to learn more, and I'm enjoying the program, but there's a lot of doubt in my heart. And in fact, I, I wasn't the only one. Um, in the evenings after classes, uh, Leon and Pete and I would take walks, and then the theme was kind of similar between the three of us. Uh, we weren't worthy. Sure. Okay. Um, I mean, who who were we to think that we were good enough to be ordained? Yeah, you know, and uh, it's it, that's really kind of stuck with me all along. I mean, even uh, even giving a homily up at the Amble, I can look out across the people in the in the pews and say, "Well, those people and that person over there and that one over there, much holier than I am." Okay, <laughs> why are, why am I up here and sure. they're not? Sure. You know? 
Uh, so it was that kind of a thing. We, uh, in fact, we were kind of amazed. We all three had the same dream the night before our ordination. No kidding. Where we were standing in front of the church, and the bishop says, uh, uh, all those candidates, please stand up. And we stood up, and he points at me and says, not you. Oh. So it was one of these things where it was, it was really a, a, an awesome and humiliating or humiliating, uh, humble. humble experience um, to be able to lay face down on that marble of the cathedral and, and actually be ordained and, and to have the confidence of the bishop behind us that he would actually ordain us. That yeah. Somewhere along the line, we must have done well. Right. So what is the process of becoming a deacon? With us, it was the two-year uh, Mount Marty um, Master's and Pastoral Ministry Program. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it was a pretty tough regimen. It was two years of, of constant study, back-to-back, uh, -back, no breaks, uh, six semesters. Uh, after that, we had one year of liturgical and spiritual formation. Then we were ordained. Hmm. Uh, right now, it's a different program. I think they just increased it to five years from four years. Uh, the first year is all inquiry. It's trying to decide whether or not they really, really want to become a deacon. Sure. Um, if they had, I don't know how I would have chosen had they had that same program when I went through. Mm -hmm. To spend an entire year of nothing but thinking about it instead of actually, you know, getting deep into our studies. Uh, it would have been interesting to maybe to go through that and to find out. Yeah. So as a deacon and you're um, being ordained a deacon, what are you being ordained? What are you promising to do? Well, I'm promising uh, uh, to, of course, support the church and uh, take care of the, of the people in, in the church. But I'm, I'm also um, promising obedience to the bishop and any of his successors. Um, how would your life change? How does a life change when you become a deacon? Well, it was it was a lot more. Uh, I I spent a year and a half at St. Lambert's, and then I was assigned as parish administrator out to uh, two parishes, uh, St. Laborious in Polo and St. Joseph's in Orient. Oh. So I became the pastoral administrator for both of those parishes. It was supposed to be for one year. <laughs> Four years later. <laughs> yeah. But it was a very interesting experience. It was kind of a roller coaster ride, as well as my whole diaconate experience. Quite a bit of a roller coaster ride. It was thrilling, but it was scary in times. Um, here I was responsible for the souls of all these people. Yeah. And I went there to convert all these poor people yeah. into the proper faith. And that's not what I found. <laughs> what I found was that I was there being formed further myself. Sure. And, I, and these people were actually forming me into a better minister. So it was uh, all my growing experiences. Every time I reach out to somebody else to teach them and help them, I get reached and taught myself. Mm. So it's, a, it's an ongoing educational experience. And, uh, and again, that, uh, that humbleness that, that's in there I, I think is important. When you can stop and think about you are being reached and worked through, you're the instrument of the Holy Spirit in these mm -hmm. people's lives, and that you can reach out and help them to a better life themselves, uh, that's it's humbling. It's also a lot of, of responsibility. Sure. What have been some of your favorite parts of being a deacon? 
Uh, the RCIA program. Uh, mm -hmm. I really uh, enjoy that. When I was administrator up in Polo and Orient, I tried to get the kids, the youth, that's what I was focused on. So that's the future of the church, right? right? The youth. Sure. But I found out the youth were in the hands of a bunch of old stodgy people who <laughs> weren't well catechized themselves. Right. Yep. Um, and I used to fight to get these kids to the, to the high school and junior high rallies in Huron. Uh, and it was a real battle. And they would come back, and they would just come back so pumped. Sure. Uh, they, they, they were floating three feet off the ground. They were just full of the Holy Spirit. And they go home that night, and the next morning they come back to, like, CCD class, and they are just, all the spirituality is just beating right out of them. Mm. Okay? Mm -hmm. So that's when I began to realize that, that we must also reach out to the adults at the same time we're reaching the youth. Yeah. And that to, to work the two together, uh, they're in lockstep. And if we try to divide one part out from the other, we're going to end up in you know, kind of a failure situation. Sure. So we have to reach the youth, but we also have to be able to reach the parents and the adults. And that's when I really began focusing on adult education. So Bible studies, RCIA, I enjoy RCIA greatly. I enjoy teaching and sharing my faith and spirituality with other people. Yeah. Well, and, and being able to be witness to them getting it and falling in love with the faith. Oh, yes. There's nothing like it. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing. I have the largest class this year we've ever had at Christ the King. No kidding. So we have 10 uh, Ted candidates and catechumens. That's amazing. So we're doing well. We are. And they're eager to learn. That's so exciting. Well, Deacon, thank you for sharing your life journey with us. Um, if somebody's interested in the diaconate, what advice would you give them? Contact your local deacon, uh, parish deacon, and especially your pastor for discernment advice toward that ordinate toward the diaconate. Uh, and then when that happens, then contact our diaconate director, um, John Devlin, over at St. Michael's Parish, and he can help you further there. Very good. Any last thoughts before we let you go? Uh, been a great life. Been a great journey. There's a lot more to go. There's a lot more to go. And uh, everybody should uh, pay attention to that journey and, and, and journey the best they possibly can. Amen. Deacon, thank you for joining me today. It's been a well, pleasure. God bless you. Thank you. All right, folks. So that was Deacon Jim Borman. He is here with the Diocese of Sioux Falls and is the deacon over at Christ the King, which is my parish, um, just sharing with us a little bit about his journey to the diaconate. And um, just encouraging any of you that are feeling called to the diaconate to maybe check it out. So if you've missed any of our discussions thus far, um, you can always check them out on realpresenceradio.com. We will have the podcast up later today, or you can check out your podcast, these podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Podcast, podcast, podcast. So, Teresa up in Fargo, what's going on tomorrow? Yeah, on the next Real Presence Live, Thursday from 9 to 11 Central, Mark Holcraft is your host coming to you live from the Fargo studio. He will speak with Teresa Collette, who will share how a group of mothers in Minnesota are taking a stance for life. Then Mark Kanzemius will share his reflections on the life of Bishop Swain. All this and much more on the next Real Presence Live, Thursday from 9 to 11 Central. Back to you. All right. Thank you, Teresa. And speaking about Bishop Paul Swain, he passed away Saturday evening. He's the Bishop um, Emeritus, retired Bishop of Sioux Falls. Um, he passed away peacefully Saturday evening, and his 
mass of uh, his funeral mass will be said on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. and we will be broadcasting that um, throughout the network for all of you so if you're not able to quite make it to Sioux Falls uh, for the funeral 10 a.m. Saturday we will be broadcasting it network-wide um, to just celebrate this wonderful man and um, Mark Kenzemius, who will be on tomorrow, is actually going to be talking about his time with Bishop Swain. Him and Bishop Swain became friends. Uh, Bishop Swain became like part of his family. And so it's just really going to be interesting to hear Mark's perspective on that relationship and just get to know the bishop a little bit more. Um, so we just pray for uh, the repose of the soul of Bishop Swain. Also coming up... Um, Next week, we have the Immaculate Conception. So Thursday, December 8th, is a holy day of obligation. Here's one of many reminders I hope you get. But we on that morning, uh, you'll also be hearing a best of for the Immaculate Conception because our offices close for the Immaculate Conception. Um, so be sure to tune in for that. Uh, today, I'm heading actually out to Minot for the banquet. So if you're up in the Minot area, I will be seeing you tomorrow for the banquet. Looking forward to that. Uh, lots of great things going on here at Real Presence Radio. And we just thank you for tuning in and listening and uh, joining us. So let me see if you have um, one thing I do want to announce is if you have something that you would like to promote over the radio, please give us a call at 877-795-0122 and ask for Teresa or Heather. Uh, what we do is we will give your group 30 free spots to be aired on air, but it does take us about three weeks to turn around uh, to get a script written, to get it recorded, to get it up and running on the air. So if you have an event coming up in your parish or in your group, be sure to contact us. You can also email me at heather at realpresenceradio.com. You can submit your quest there, or you can give the office a call, and um, we can see about getting you 30 free spots on your local station to promote whatever event you have going on in your parish. So... We do ask that you uh, hopefully will send the request in about three to four weeks beforehand because it does take time to turn those around. Um, again, my email is heather at realpresenceradio.com or you can call the office at 877-795-0122. All right, folks, thank you for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Have a great rest of your day. God bless. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.